Welcome back to another episode of Playing Injured. I am uh, I'm pumped for today's episode. I'm sitting here with a former Villanova Wildcat, former Oregon Duck. Uh, he has a background in basketball. He's actually playing over overseas now. Uh, Dylan Ennis, I appreciate you coming on. No problem. Thank you for having me, man. And and before before we got started, I was just telling Dennis how I, I got to watch him as a young boy, as a young kid. Um, kind of how, how my past crossed with him. He didn't know me. I was a young boy, but I was watching him. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but great, man. I, tell, tell the listeners uh, where you're at today and, and what's life like uh, as a uh, professional basketball player. Yeah, so right now I'm in Spain. Um, Zaragoza is the city that I live in. Um, I play in the ACB as well as uh, the Champions League, which is a European league. So we play in two leagues, the Spanish League and European League. Um, you know, the virus, you know, everybody thinks it's uh, super crazy, but you know, the city I'm in, it's not as bad. You know, the bigger cities are the ones with the most cases, whether that's, you know, Barcelona, Madrid. So I'm all healthy. You know, I did the, the test, you know, my family's healthy, you know, we're all good. Um, as far as being a professional athlete, um, you know, with this situation going on, you know, it's good because it was allowed, allowed me to get a test. You know, you know, a lot of people actually can't get a test unless they have really bad symptoms. But right. because I'm a you know a professional athlete, you know, my team was able to get me tested. Um, but, you know, other than that, you know, I'm enjoying it. You know, I'm enjoying being a professional, enjoying doing what I love and getting paid for it. Right. Uh, enjoy traveling the world with my uh, my daughter and my wife. So, you know, it's it's a dream come true. And I, so we we have some some athletes. That, that listen to this podcast. We also have a ton of young entrepreneurs, young professionals. And what I've loved, you know, as I've got to take a look at you is the way you've branded yourself on social media, showing your personality yeah. and kind of having people keeping up with you. Uh, uh, so of course. Let, let, let's learn like that approach to, to branding yourself before we unwrap your story. I want to understand like how, how have you branded yourself and what that approach has been for you? Yeah, you know, I, I see a lot of people, you know, they wake up and, you know, even people close to me, they say, you know, I'm going to start branding myself. I'm going to start, uh, you know, getting my stuff out there. And you, it's, it's, a, it's a thing where you can't just wake up one day and like, okay, I want to brand myself. This is what I'm going to brand myself as. Right. You know, it comes through time. It comes through um, being good at something because, you know, I was – good at basketball and people want to follow that. And then, you know, it just happened where I created followings everywhere I went. And then, you know, when I realized I had the followings, then I'm like, okay, you know, they'll know the basketball side of me, but then I'll show them a little personal side and, you know, people loved it. So you know, I just kept going on with that. You know, everybody knows me as the, the laughing, you know, happy family guy who's still dedicated to basketball, loves to travel, so, you know, I use the branding and the social media as a way to interact with, you know, fans or, you know, people you know who might look up to me because, you know, I think that's a side where, you know, people have to know about you for to open other doors. You know, people think, you know, I just do it and it's fun. Don't get me wrong. It's, it's very fun. But you know, I still do it so that, you know, people can know me better. I can network. I network through social media a lot. Um, and, you know, it just shows, you know, the other side of me that you don't get to see on the court as well. Without a doubt. And I, I think a lot of young athletes, if they could take those pieces, take the following that they already have and start building a brand for themselves, like you mentioned, yes. it'll open up so many more doors than just so basketball. many doors. And yeah. this information age and, and the time that we're in, it's time to take advantage of that. 
because yes. uh, there's so many opportunities, like you mentioned. So I, I guess let's go back. Um, life is great. You're living your dream now, uh, but it's been yeah. challenges along the way. But take us to the beginning. How did you get involved with basketball uh, and where do you come from? And, and talk to us a little bit about that. Yeah. So, you know, I, um, it came, you know, when I was four years old, I picked up my first basketball. You know, my father was a coach and still is a coach for a prep school, but he's a coach. I had an older brother who I played on his team. He's two years older than me. So me and him play on the same team. So I was the you know young boy in Canada trying to play with the older guys. And it got me better, you know, uh, as I got older. Um, and then it got me tough because when I play against my age, then, you know, I would dominate. Right. And then I had another younger brother. I had a younger brother uh, after two years, who's he's two years younger than me. And he just kept playing with, you know, me and he got better. And he would actually push me because I didn't want my younger brother to beat me. But then he would he would want to beat his older brother. So, you know, we created that, you know, competition in the house. And because we did, you know, it really molded us into the players we are. You know, being from Canada, you know, we're able to travel to the States to play games. And it would show us, you know, where our level is, you know, as far as on the AU circuit, you know, where do we match up against the top players? And, you know, I think, you know, me being in a basketball family definitely helped my development, you know, having brothers to push me older and younger. Without a doubt. So you, you're in Toronto, right? And yep. the development of that competition, where does that path kind of take you from Toronto? Because um, I know you, you went to multiple different cities. Talk to us oh, a yeah. about I, that. I was You've been all over the place. You're in Spain everywhere. now. You're from Toronto. Yeah. But there's so yeah. many other places that you've been so to many. in between that. Let's touch on yeah. um, from the beginning then uh, where, where that journey take, took you. Yeah. So, you know, when I got to high school and you know, I played here in high school and then I realized, you know, basketball is so much bigger in America. And it, we, my generation, you know, Tristan Thompson, you know, me and him grew up together. Yeah. Um, you know, he was my best friend at one point. You know, we still stay in contact. Uh, guys like uh, Mike Bongo, you know, mm-hmm. Corey Joseph, you know, I still talk to him today. You know, we were the first generation of Canadians to start going over to America to the high schools. And, you know, now everybody goes to the prep schools, but I actually went to a public school because my uncle, you know, he knew, you know, somebody who could, you know, put me in a school and, you know, New York city was a Mecca basketball. And that's why I ended up going to start my journey uh, when I left Canada. Uh, You know, it was great being there. You know, it was a public school, you know, a tough environment. You know, I actually had to take a three hour bus to school every day. Wow. Which I didn't know initially when I moved there. <laughs> you wouldn't have went there. My, yeah. <laughs> my <laughs> uncle lived in Long Island and my school was actually in the hood in the Bronx. But, you know, I was so dedicated to it and I, I loved it. And, uh, you know, I think it, it set the tone for me because I realized if I could take a three hour bus to school every single day that I was in a bad neighborhood to play the game I loved, then there was nothing else that, you know, that could phase me. I, I almost got jumped a couple of times, but, you know. <laughs> It, it was definitely worth it. It was definitely worth it. Uh, New York was the mecca basketball at the time. I, I played against a lot of top players, um, and it taught me a lot. And then um, from there, you know, I went to Lake Forest, uh, where I played NLP for yeah. two years. Um, you know, that was great. You know, I was able to get my name on a national uh, level. You know, got a lot of uh, Division One offers. Um, decided to actually verbally commit my junior year to Akron. Mm-hmm. Um, had a great junior year and then right before senior year, I committed to, I decommitted, then committed to Rice after that. Um, it might've been a little early, 
I should have probably played it out my senior year more, but you know, just you know, I want to be on the safe side. You know, Rice was a great academic school. You know, but you know, I went there for a year, was a starting point guard, um, ended up being an all freshman team. Um, school started calling after I said I wanted to transfer and play at the highest level on um, schools like Virginia, Villanova, Cincinnati, Boston College. Decided to go to Villanova that year. Um, you know, had a great seasons at Villanova. Uh, we won a lot of championships. Um, and then from there, I graduated because I was a fifth-year graduate and then finally went to Oregon. Uh, you know, we went to the Final Four uh, that – well, I broke my foot my first year. I was able to get a six-year, so I was the old guy. Um, I got my six-year. We went to the Final Four. Um, you know, great experience there. And then, you know, I started my prof- professional career, started in Serbia, then I went to Spain, then I went to uh, Andorra. In Monaco, and now I'm in Spain again. Man, so, so as you can see, over. you've been you've been all over the place, right? And, and yeah, I kind of want to go back into your uh, your college career because you spent you spent a good amount of time there. But what happened to you, as far as the injuries that you had, walk us through because I know you had an injury at Villanova uh, with your hand. Yes, I did. Walk, walk us through that experience, and then we're gonna walk through a few injuries that you had through college because. Uh, sure. The story is amazing. So walk yeah. us through um, the injuries that you had at, uh, at at Villanova. So, you know, I get to Villanova, you know, I, I had a sit-out year. You know, I was in the best shape of my life. Uh, this coach named Billy Lang, he's actually with um, – he's a St. Joseph's head coach, but he was with the Sixers for six years as a player development coach. And before that, he was assistant coach at Villanova. Wow. So, you know, I was working out with the NBA talent coach getting me ready for the year and I, I was super ready you know I was I think I was playing the best basketball of my college career you know during my sit-out year um but you know I was ready I sat out the entire year and I remember the day seven NBA scouts came to watch us in the preseason and, you know I was ready to go and you know I was like I'm finally back and then it was a week before the season started and uh I went came off a ball screen literally five on all wasn't even contact my hand hit um, my big's knee when I came off ball screen and it felt a little funny, but I just left it. My trainer's like, you want to sit out? I said, no, no, I'm okay. Ended up the next day, it swelled up, found out I broke my hand. So I didn't even get to play the first seven games of the season. Uh, so that was tough. Uh, but then, which is crazy, which I'd never tell nobody. I never told nobody at the time, but I came back we uh, had a tournament in the Bahamas and we played USC the first game. I had, I was playing a game, had 15 points, six assists. Next game, we played Kansas. They had Andrew Wiggins, Joel Embiid, yeah. uh, Wayne Selden, Frank Mason Jr. They had everybody. I had big game again, 16 points. But what nobody realized, I actually sprained my finger my sh- on my shooting hand. So for a good two months, you know, I barely could feel the ball in my shooting hand, but I just sat up the whole year. So, I just played through it. Uh, so, you know, that was definitely, you know, two tough injuries I had. Without you a know, doubt. just starting a great career at Villanova. Right. So you, you're in the best shape of your life. You're playing. Uh, you got seven scouts. NBA, you got NBA yeah. scouts there. So it's a huge opportunity. You break your hand. Walk, yeah. to, walk through, you know, I guess kind of what what did that feel like? And, and walk us through what, what got you through that journey? Uh, that first journey uh, of just breaking your hand and then playing with an injured finger in, in the Bahamas? Yep. Um, you know, I broke my hand, uh, you know, 
initially I was, I was mad. I was like, yo, I did all this work. You know, why, why is God doing this to me again? Right. But then I realized I was like, you know, I sat out a whole year. I could do another seven, eight games. So it was, it was a positive mentality I had right. um, going into it. Uh, you know, I was very excited to play, but you know, I knew you know, my time was coming. Um, but then actually the sprained finger actually made me more mad than the broken hand because I had momentum. Everybody was waiting for me to come back. Yeah. I was finally back at two big games against NBA talent. Yeah. Everybody, they wrote articles, you know, Dylan's made Villanova a, a different team. You know, he was a score off the bench. You know, they're going to be great. But, you know, spraining my finger, I'm like, you know, all my momentum, you know, just went out the window just like that. And obviously I didn't want to tell nobody and, uh, you know, going through it every day. People are like, you know, why aren't you producing? Why aren't you producing? I'm like, you know, I'm trying to figure it out because I'm still trying to get myself in the rotation, but I can't tell them my finger sprained because I don't want no excuses. Yeah. That's I see, I love that because I and the reason why I ask is because so many times on a daily basis we can have excuses about why yep. we can't do something, right? Exactly. And the excuse first starts in your own brain before you know yep. before yep. you put it out. So you gave yourself uh-huh. no excuses and then you never even projected it out with your mouth. Exactly. You never projected it out with your mouth. You kept going. Yeah. So I love that. So walk us through, because that was just the first journey of Villanova. You had a good career there. Yeah. You had some success there. Uh, and then you transferred to Oregon, right? Walk yeah. us through that journey uh, and, and the injuries that you faced, because uh, yeah. that, that was a battle as well. Uh-huh. Yeah. You know, I, I, you know, transferred from Villanova, you know, people were questioned, like, you know, you started every game your, your last year at Villanova, you know, why transfer? And I, I just did a, it was something I had to do for myself. You know, I, I knew that I wanted different scenery. I needed, you know, a fresh start. Uh, Villanova, you know, I went through a lot of things. Um, I didn't produce like I wanted to, but it's like, I, you know, I, I get a new chance. I graduated, got my diploma. I was good with the coaching staff. I was, I was good, you know, ready to, move on. You know, I went to Oregon. I had uh, Dylan Brooks, you know, a yeah. childhood friend I had, he was there. So, you know, everything was good. You know, Coach Miniga, who recruited me there, I knew, knew him since I was about 12 years old. So it was a fresh start. I was ready to go. And in the summertime, I'm in Canada training. I'm running outside. So I'm like, yo, I got to be ready. I got to be ready. But I didn't realize I'm running on concrete. And yeah, it's great to jog outside. But when you run on concrete with basketball shoes on, you don't realize the, the wear and tear on your feet but you know i'm still going hard i get to Villano- i mean i get to oregon that summer for training camp and i told myself yo, i'm gonna train like i'm kobe bryant rest in peace yeah. i remember he said the blackout training where you just go no matter how tired you are just keep working keep working so i used to get in the gym every day every day with chris boucher actually who plays on toronto raptors yeah. it was me him and our assistant coach and i was in there every day and i, I when i tell you i was Deep. I was playing the best basketball. I was I was in shape. I was hitting every shot. My hand was right. Literally a week, two weeks before the season starts, I I go into my trainer. I said, "Yo, my foot hurts a little bit." He goes, "Where does it hurt?" I showed him. He goes, "Ah." I said, "What? I just had a practice. I was windmilling." <laughs> what do you mean? Ah, it's just it's probably just sore. I was not doing. Um, we gotta get X-ray. So okay, no, cool. Doesn't hurt too bad. Next day, he calls me into his office and tells me, like, yo, Dylan, I'm sorry to say this, but you broke your foot. When I tell you, I'm like, nah, this can't be right. In my head, I'm not, I can't even see him. Everything goes blurry, and I'm just looking at him like, you're serious? 
goes, yeah, like, I'm sorry, you know, you'll be out till December, you know, but you can come back. You know, I just broke down and started crying. I was like, this, this doesn't make sense. I'm a good guy. I, I dedicate myself to the game. Why me? Why? Yeah. It's my fifth year. Why me? Anyways, I, I'm like, all right, Dylan, you can't cry. Pick it up. Mm-hmm. Walk to my room. I call my pops, call my mom, you know, told them what happened. They said, you know, we're going to get through this. God has a plan for you. We're going to get through this. So, you know, I was initially positive, but then, you know, it started wearing on me for a few months watching my team play. Well, this is literally last year. I'm a fifth year senior. You don't get six years out of the blue. So, you know, I'm training to get back. I'm still going through a little depression because I'm like, yo, this is my career. Like, NBA scouts are not watching me play my last year. There's no way I can get drafted. There's no way that they're going to take an older senior over a young guy. So I decided, you know, I'm going to come back a little early. Came back in December. Um, and I remember it was our second game. And we were playing against Oregon State. I went up for a floater. It was my only two points of that season. Went in, I came down, and I felt the crack. Uh. And I think my coach knew. And it was, it was a big game. He knew. Cause I was limping the whole game, but I knew he, in his heart, he was like, yo, this is his last game. I'm just going to let him ride it out. He doesn't care if we won or lost. He did it for me and I appreciated it. And I didn't tell nobody. Cause I'm like, yo, this is my last game. I don't want to sit on the bench my last game. So after the game, I told my trainer, I think I broke my foot. He said, we'll get an MRI. The foot was completely broken. We did another surgery. You know, and, you know, I could laugh about it now, but, you know, at the time, you know, it was definitely something where, you know, it definitely changed my life, you know, thinking like, I don't know how I'm going to get back from this again. Without a doubt. And I I saw a quote where it says, like, your biggest struggles and pains, you know, when you look back on it, it becomes pleasure. You can laugh at it. Right. So what I'm telling you. (laughs) So in the moment. Right. Because first off, like like you said, the first time you broke your foot fifth year senior, once again, playing at a high level. Um, and for some yeah. reason, I always see this people at their highest level, they always get in. That's when they get injured. Right? Always. When at the peak, <laughs> at the at peak, the peak they, it's just something happens. <laughs> so at the peak, yeah. you, you get injured and then you come back and then you get injured again. And like you said, you yeah. thought that was your last game. What was yeah. that feeling like? Because that, that could be Man. devastating. What was that feeling like? Yeah, you know, I honestly, I tell you, I thought basketball was over. You know, people don't understand how much time and effort athletes put into this game. They think, oh, you just got an injury, you can come back. It's not the injury that, that the foot didn't hurt that much. It's the mental, like, you know, I have to go through rehab. I have to try to get myself back to the level that I was playing at. I got to deal with my mom, my, my wife, or she was my girlfriend at the time. Hey, Dylan, you know, are you okay? Is there anything I could do for you? Hey, maybe I don't want to get out of bed right now. Oh, you know, come on, come on. You got you to gotta go to the store. No, I just want to be in my room and lay down and soak. It was, it was so much emotions going through my head. Like, I didn't know what the future held for me at that point. It wasn't like I was a freshman. I had three more years. It was my last year. And I honestly yeah. thought, you know, I wouldn't be the same after that. Without a doubt. So, so walk us through that. Because now you, you know, you went through these injuries. Talk about um, the process of coming back for, for your last year. You end up getting another year of, uh, of eligibility, right? Yeah, so you know, when I uh, when I hurt my foot bed all day, and my wife now, she's my girlfriend, 
She's like, you know, she went to my trainer. She's like, hey, Dylan's in bed. He's not getting out. You know, he's really depressed. So then my trainer started getting me up every day. I started, I couldn't do nothing with my foot. So I started doing a lot of upper body lifting. And then I went to my trainer. I asked, you know, do we have a sports psychologist, you know, who can help me do? He goes, yeah, you know, players don't normally ask, but I was one of the first people to ask. I knew that I needed to get it out. And I, you can't get it out to your family and your friends because they're just going to tell you what to hear. They're not, they're very biased. So I, I needed somebody who, you know, was going to be unbiased. So I went to him and I was able to just vent out all my negative and it felt good. I did it once every two weeks, my whole year. And then I started going to church You know, I started praying more. my connection with God got a lot stronger. And, you know, with all that, when people go through injuries and depression and anxiety, there's, it's possible, but you can't get through it by yourself. You need positive people around you, people to uplift you. And I had that when I was at Oregon. And because that happened, I think I was ready. To be like, all right, you know, if everybody is counting on me to get to where I was at, then I could count on myself. And it just became a fire burning. And then, you know, good things started happening. Like, you know, I started enjoying school more. I started knowing more about myself. My sixth year ended up being approved. So I was, you know, just ready to go. And, you know, we had a team that came back and they had us, some teams had us, uh, some magazines had us number one in the country to start my six-year season. So, you know, everything became a positive after that that fall because I think when you hit rock bottom, you realize, all right, the only way is up now. The only way is up. And so you go to the final four and you play huge. Talk to us about that experience because I, I know that was probably yeah. a little bit more sweeter for you than the average player because of all you went through. Oh yeah. Talk about 100%. talk about how that felt. Yeah, so it started actually. Why it made it so sweet is because Villanova, the year I left, they won the national championship. Yeah. And everybody kept saying, Why did you leave? They won a national <laughs> championship. That's what you get. You know the you know, you know how fans are. So then finally, I'm like my sixth year, I gotta make it. I this is my last year, it's all or nothing. So we kept going, we kept winning, we kept winning. We finally get to the final four. And when I tell you, it's there's nothing compared to the final four. It's honestly a movie in itself. Wow. The commercials, the fans, the, the amount of followers you get on your social medias, the the um they gave us the chair that we sat in, like all the memorabilia. Like it was something else. And it was so much that I, I said, you know, I'm gonna turn off my phone for the week. Like I just have to lock in. And I knew me being a six-year senior. Some of these guys, they might see the bright lights and be like, oh, this is a lot. I knew I just had to lock in. And I knew I was the, you know, one of the guys who's been in championships, been in those big games. And, you know, luck, God willing, you know, my family was there. You know, I had 19 points against North Carolina. You know, I said, what's up to Coach right before the game? You know, seeing Roy Williams on the sideline and you grow up watching him, you know, it was something that, you know, you, you came and put in words. It's like I just picture being there all the time. Without a doubt, I love that. I love that, man. That see, that that story is is man, the losses, yeah. the pain, the adversity makes those feelings, you know, those experiences, the the yeah. positive, uh, yeah. so much more sweeter. So much yeah. more sweeter. It, it all came came back just that one game. The whole six years, that was like the finish line. And I I can't even lie to you. It, it did hurt that we didn't make it to the national championship, but. I honestly, I'd be lying to you if I tell you that I was sad or mad. I, I, I just made it to the final four, 
my last year. Not a lot of people can say that. Not a lot of people. Not a lot of people yeah. at all. Man, I love it. I love it. Well, winding down, uh, where can people follow you, man? Because like I said, first of all, your social media, you're hilarious. You're hilarious on all platforms. <laughs> thank, thank you. Uh, so yeah, <laughs> I, I want to give you some time to tell folks where can they follow you at, and, and I guess um, you know what, what you're up to in the future. Yeah, um, you know you can follow me at on my Instagram, Ellen Ennis thirty one. My Twitter is Canadian Kid DJE, um, and then my TikTok, you know, which I do on my free time, is Dylan Ennis eighty eight. Um, and you know, as far as the future, you know, we're you know hanging out here until you know everything subsides. You know, negotiating contracts for next year because we don't even know if we're going to continue this season. Um, but, you know, I, I obviously, you know, if the NBA called one day, I would definitely be there. You know, I'd still come watch our games, but enjoy in Europe. You know, I get to travel the world. My daughter, my wife get to see different cultures. And, and I play in the top leagues in Europe, you know, making yeah. amount of money that I didn't even think was possible to be in my pocket. So, um, you know, you'll see me on my social media. You'll see where I'm at next. But when I tell you I'm all around the world, I couldn't tell you if I'm be in Spain, Turkey, Russia, Atlanta next year. I, I don't even know my stuff. <laughs> you know, I enjoy the whole journey and the process. Without a doubt, one thing is for sure, you've already been in so many places to the point where I know you're comfortable with things yeah. that take you. Oh, yeah. I, I, I've honestly, like, yeah, I, I've been everywhere, and I, I I just want to keep seeing the rest of the world as well. Without a doubt, man. With that being said, dude, I, I appreciate you coming yeah. on, and, and you know you have a great story. And uh, that. man, I can't wait to continue to you know see your success and, and keep seeing you you know raise a family, young family, uh, and travel the world. Yep. Thank you, thank you. Appreciate, it, man. Thanks for listening to the show. Our brand design and strategy is by Tessa at fivefootstudio.com you can also find her on instagram at fivefootstudio go ahead and subscribe so that you never miss an episode and please give us feedback we want to hear from you we want to hear your thoughts and most importantly keep playing injured